0: Welcome to NSCA's Coaching Podcast, episode
1: 61. At the end of the day, you need to be adaptive. You have to like people, you have to enjoy being around people, not just like-minded people. Those are the easy ones, that's easy. If you're truly gonna influence something, you've gotta be able to interact with the ones that you despise. This is the
0: NSCA's Coaching Podcast, where we talk to strength and conditioning coaches about what you really need to know, but probably didn't learn in school. There's strength and conditioning, and then there's everything else. Welcome to the NSCA Coaching Podcast. I am Scott Caulfield, here today in sunny and sweltering Las Vegas, the UFC Performance Institute. A couple good friends, so I'm excited to talk to them. Vice President of Performance, Dr. Duncan French, and Director of Strength and Conditioning, Bo Sandoval. Gents, welcome to the show. What's going on, man?
1: Good to be here, Scott. Thanks for having us.
0: Yeah. And uh, just kind of first off, intro-wise, for uh, our listeners, why don't you guys... Just take, you know, a quick minute and uh, tell us a little bit about what you do in your role as uh, VP of Performance. Duncan, you can go first and then Bo.
2: Yeah, so, um, you know, obviously exciting projects out here with the UFC in Las Vegas at the Performance Institute. Um, as a VP of Performance, my kind of roles and responsibility you know, center around setting the strategy um, of how we're going to support the 700. Uh, 570 excuse me athletes on the UFC roster um so essentially I manage and direct um the, the performance staff here including Bo um and, and work with those guys to to put them in the, the best position to succeed in their day-to-day roles and um you know I I, I sit in the kind of that umbrella role at 35,000 foot role where I uh try and look at how we deliver services drive best practice you know um you know, influence the athletes around their day-to-day activities and, um, you know, set the strategy of, of how we're going to try and influence and support the coaching staff and the athletes themselves.
0: Cool. Very nice.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, aside from the, the pretty typical lifestyle of strength and conditioning and, and implementing evidence-based programs to, to target objectives centered around you know, um, specific athletes. We are trying to install, like Duncan said, best practices for the sport of MMA in terms of how we structure, periodize, assess, reassess um, and identify uh, kind of appropriate directions for each of these fighters. I think uh, it's a very unique scenario because it it is very much so the decathlon of combat sports. Um, so you have all these different varieties of, of, training attributes within the sport, but then just so many different scenarios within a weight class, within a gender, within a, uh, combat sport background that, that varies so much from fighter to fighter. So all of these things are catered to and tailored, um, so that their S and C programming and services are uh in line with the rest of the performance staff in terms of what we're trying to conclusively objectify and objectify and attack uh to improve someone's performance as a fighter. So it, it is a multifaceted thing, but um a lot of fun and and uh we have an unbelievable crew here to do it with.
0: That's great. I have definitely some questions about that for uh, sure. You guys mentioned, you know, this is a neat opportunity because this place is also brand new mm-hmm. um now obviously mma is, has been around but it's grown but this place was kind of designed just for this and you guys were the first people um to be hired here so maybe talk about you know i think duncan you were the one the first i was the employee, first recruit so yeah, yeah, yeah maybe yeah. talk a little bit about you know what uh you looked for after you were brought on in in the filling out the rest of the team and Bo you can add into that too because you were talking about how great of a team you know what What has it been like to develop a team and I know you guys just hired a couple new younger coaches one of my former interns super excited Matt Crawley's here now too so you know what you guys were looking for in developing and kind of hiring on more staff to help yeah yeah not- I
2: mean, yeah, we're, we're really blessed. We've got, you know, a, a world-class facility here that's been, you know, the, the investment from the UFC has been second to none and, and, and every day we get to walk into, you know, Willy Wonka's chocolate factory of, of you know, sports performance. We're truly blessed and we're excited. But, you know, I, I always use this phrase and, and Bo's heard me say, you know, the, the church is not the building, the church is the people. Um, the, 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 uh, the mission, let's say, is, is to truly evolve the sport of MMA. Bo's already talked about, you know, the, the degrees of freedom that sit in the sport, the complexity of the sport. You know, the, there's a massive dearth of knowledge and information and research. And, um, you know, the, there's, we're 25 years old as a professional sport. You compare that to baseball from the 1800s and football from the 1950s. You know, 1950s and, you know the, soccer and, and these other sports that have got lots of information mma and combat sports in general just they don't have a lot of information around them so guys have been figuring out on the ground um the best they can they can work out how do you know what i mean and um there's, there's lots of mixed practices going on out there. There's lots of regional practices. Guys in Asia do it different to North America, do it different to South America, you know? And what we're truly about is trying to understand how do you prepare an MMA, MMA fighter optimally? You know, how, how do you go about um, their health, their well-being, and their performance? Um, and, and truly that's what the Performance Institute was put here for. Number one, I always say our number one priority is servicing the, the fighters that are on our roster. Um, so either face-to-face or remote you know Bo does a ton of remote coaching as well now Um, the second thing that we're here to do is is drive that innovation that research that knowledge that database of insights into you know world-class MMA fighters so that we can share and and disseminate information and the third thing is to educate and upskill the fight community so that they can go about their activities on a day-to-day basis with best practice in mind you know what's the what's the right way to set up a wrestling practice? What's the right way to recover after a heavy mitt session? What's the right way to fuel uh, myself during a, you know, a, a weight descent for a fight camp? You know, the, all these questions are not really answered in our sport. So to kind of draw that to a summary of why the PI is here, it's truly to evolve um, the, the sport of MMA. And that is part of our mission statement that sits on the wall right next to our front entrance as people come into the facility. So. To do that, you know, we wanted to recruit, you know, world leading practitioners. You know, we we wanted people to be part of our team that really embraced um, the mission. Um, You know, listen, there there was nothing before the PI. Um, So we we really started out on this road and this journey together. we wanted people that kind of understand combat culture and combat sports, and um, all of the staff had that expertise—not necessarily in MMA—but they brought an, an awareness of what where combat sports currently sits um, in terms of preparation and, and performance. Um, and then we also wanted, you know, huge innovative thinkers, people that can push the boundaries, that can take this sport to uh, to new a, a new place. So, you know, Bo in strength and conditioning, Clint Wattenberg in nutrition, Heather Linden in physiotherapy, in, in, in PT, excuse me, and uh, Roman Fowman in sports science. You know, we, we tr- truly look to get world leaders in their own respective domains to drive their respective disciplines forwards. Uh, And then, as as you've already talked about, we're we're filling out our staff and we grow into, you know, a really dynamic and diverse team that come to the table with lots of thought um, that they can put behind it, lots of mind power, and um, collectively and collaboratively, hopefully, we're gonna move this whole thing together. So we're excited.
0: That's cool. Anything to add to that, Bo?
1: Yeah, I just think from a a perspective of, of inside the team, um, we have a lot of obstacles, so it, it, is, it was imperative that we had a cohesive group that um, could be critical of each other for shaping what we're doing, but then also to constantly challenge and push the the status quo constantly. You know, we have, I've said this since I got here, it was one of the most attractive things is to hear the ambitions behind what we want to achieve with this facility, with this project. And so um, everyone here shares those same very high ambitions in terms of what they want to try to achieve. So um, like a lot of us came from places we were super comfortable. I mean, Clint had built a mecca around himself yeah. in, uh, you know, weight cutting nutrition concepts around Cornell wrestling and um, I mean I was nice and cozy in my spot at Michigan you know and uh, it it was really that was kind of a driving force behind a lot of us getting getting here was the fact that we had some big challenges in front and some really strong teammates to help kind of toe the line as we address each of those challenges day by day Um, for me in particularly being in in college athletics and, and from time to time, seeing those carrots dangling and some of these shiny jobs at some really prestigious universities and things. Um, I was kind of at a point in my career where I was kind of tired of seeing that, you know, who had the best recruiting tools kind of thing. Um, and I was a little bit hesitant in the beginning because a lot of the staff hadn't been named. It hasn't been, hadn't been created yet. Um, and so I got really excited the day I actually got a, message from Duncan saying hey let's chat about this opportunity at the UFC I've just I've just uh, resigned from Notre Dame and I'm going to be a VP of performance there and so that's when I started wow they're really taking their ambition and now they're getting serious about their personnel so for me that was kind of where the the real interest started to kick in so uh, and it's panned out I mean we've again yeah we walk into Wonka's cho- chocolate factory, but we're also shoulder to shoulder with Willy Wonka every yeah. day. So yeah, yeah. good people.
0: Is that what Forrest Griffin's nickname is? <laughs> <Wonka? Yeah>. uh, <laughs> I mean, He's an <laughs> yeah. right. uh, he's more like, think, he's more of a Veruca salts.
1: Right? <laughs> <you> know,
0: <that's, laughs> I think uh, that was interesting to me too. Right. So did, you know, does, is this I mean, neither of you guys really that I remember hearing you talk about were training MMA athletes on your own before this, right? So this thing kind of comes up. Did somebody reach out to you and say, hey, I think you'd be interested in this, or do you see it on a job board and then go, oh, man, I need to check this out? How did it kind of? Pan out because I knew that I know yeah. that these guys had come and con- contacted us about a year before when they were just planning the facility, yeah. and so I knew they were going to be doing a big Yeah, there recruiting. you go.
2: Um, so, I mean, y- you mentioned Forrest Griffin, Forrest is obviously former fighter, Hall of Famer, uh, world champion. He's been involved with the project. Um, well, he's been with the UFC for around five, four or five years, uh, you know, as a non fighter. Um, and then James Kimball, who's our vice president of operations, th- those two guys um, essentially from inception concept of you know idea and concept took the uh, the performance institute and uh, from concept to the facility and the staff that you see today um so yeah they they essentially went around the the world um you're looking at facilities, um, speaking to people like yourself up at NHG, NSCA HQ, trying to understand what makes a great facility, what makes a great performance environment, You know, what are you trying to achieve with athletes, um, how will that fit into the model that the UFC have created, um, so everything from facility design to you know ideas and, and and philosophical approaches to you know what the staff should believe in what their mantra should be etc so they they kind of canvassed all that um and then yeah the, there was a, they they worked with a recruitment company um to ha- to to identify and essentially headhunt our directors and, and, and myself as a vp and um, so we we all respectively got approached by a recruitment company as the UFC were proactively going out to seek people that they uh, they thought might be a good fit for these roles so um you you mentioned the MMA experience when you know I, I talk about I was you know the first recruit that that came on board and then I soon tapped in with Forrest and James as we recruited the directors for our you know our lead directors for the departments we actually purposefully didn't want people that had massive amounts of mma you know insights and experience we wanted new eyes on a product um if we're going to take mma and combat sports to a new direction or a new level of understanding we wanted pollination of new ideas new thinking so not stuck in the status quo of of what is currently happening you know in all the different areas of combat sport training so you know Bo comes to us with lots of experience in uh, the USOC um, in terms of you know wrestling and freestyle or Greco wrestling. So he understands combat sports, judo and taekwondo. My background was GB boxing and GB taekwondo. Um, Heather Linden, she's worked with the judo players and the for the wrestlers at the USOC. Um, Clint obviously is a, a wrestler himself, former Team USA wrestler. So all of our staff have combat experience but not necessarily in mma and that was something that we proactively tried
0: to look at as well that's cool yeah what is so what do you guys now you got that team assembled um what's something that you're looking for in these younger coaches that you're adding on or the younger staff and newer staff that you guys are also adding on as far as like attributes attributes education
1: training all the above well Depth is only effective if, one, if they can share the, the mission and visions that we've already kind of put in the foundation. Um, but then also we needed more ambitious eyes. You know, when you've got feelers out in different directions now, if they're carrying the same ambitions, um, their creativity and their, their own unique experiences can bring something to the table. And that's kind of what I've said from day one. Recruiting is one of the most challenging things. Getting the right people is – It's one of the toughest things out there. And in this day and age in strength and conditioning, it's tough because your colleagues and your friends are looking at you like, oh, he's got opportunities. He'll definitely give me a shot. And it's not always that easy. We're looking for a very particular fit um, that not only we think can provide the services that we're looking for at a high level, Duncan mentioned a world-class level to the fighters we're interacting with, but also can interact with this world-class team that we have now. Um, the Roman Fomans and the Clint Wattenbergs. They've got to be able to professionally interact, receive, and give criticism uh, in a very cross-pollinating fashion with all of those groups as well. So, um, you know, personalities are at a premium in our industry. And so that was a big one. One, are they qualified? What's the experience level look like? Is there diversity in their experience? I mentioned this being very much a decathlon uh type of a sport with all the physical attributes and demands. Um, So can they, are they bringing experiences from a multitude of sports? Not, I've worked with this one particular sport for the last 12 years of my career. Um, And that really plays a role depending on what we're attacking for each fighter. You know, are are we really addressing an endurance deficit? Are we really addressing a strength and power deficit? Well, if they've seen the two extreme ends of that spectrum, say weightlifting and marathon, they're going to have a pretty good idea of where to meet things in the middle. So looking for people that had some diverse experience. Um, and then for me, we really, uh, it was a, an adaptive kind of search process. We went in looking for one particular thing. As we were going through the recruiting process, it kept coming up empty. We couldn't find exactly what we were looking for. Went back to the drawing board and like, look, let's, let's, we were tr- shooting for something higher up the totem pole. We're like, let's go back. Let's start at the beginning and see if we can find some good, kind of mid-level uh, professionals, which kind of took us to the route some younger professionals um, that we can groom a little, but still have a personality and some experience and some knowledge and some education that they can bring to the table. So that's where we, that's where we've begun um, now with the two that we have, and the additions have been great. It's, it's uh, again, we're we are we started outnumbered. We will probably always be outnumbered. 570 athletes, uh, worldwide ish. It fluctuates week to week. Um, but there, there is no, there, there are very high expectations on the services we're delivering remotely to someone who's in the middle of nowhere, uh, Dagestan compared to someone who's right down the street in Las Vegas. So I need someone who's got the hustle to be able to address those remote needs as well as, you know, what we say, the easy ones that are right here in our backyard. Right
0: and that's pretty cool too I think for people that might not know that uh, so if a guy or gal signs a UFC contract they get access to your services right whether they're a one yep. fight contract or whether they're you could Conor be a McGregor. world champion or yeah. you could be, you know, yeah.
2: your first fight in the UFC, yeah. the, the service provision from ourselves is exactly the same. All services are on offer and um, they're all free of charge. You can take as much or as little as, as you want. Um, and often we, uh, you know, we're doing a lot of conversations up front, um, to figure out, you know, what's the ambitions, what's the goal setting, and then how can we align our services? Um, to, to try and meet your needs and help you along the way. Because, you know, they, they've all got their own gyms. They've all got their MMA yeah. gyms, their MMA technical, te- tactical piece that goes yeah. with it. Now, some of the larger gyms around the world have their own strength coaches, you right. know, have their own PTs, part-time maybe, Um that that you know th- they might be working with those guys on a day-to-day but we can still collaborate and, and fit yeah. into that team by putting the athlete at the center of the conversation and yeah. you know that happens a lot we're integrating a lot with strength coaches and we want you know, want to embrace the the conversation uh, for the greater good of the athlete yeah so it, it's truly a a universal service for anyone that's in the
0: in the ufc yeah and i know you guys just put on a clinic earlier this year earlier this summer uh it was kind of just like invitation only of strength and conditioning uh, people training MMA athletes to kind of help spread best practices right which is again kind of what you mentioned as one of the whole missions of this whole thing what was that a little bit about because I think you know when when I first started talking right we were talking about how you guys were the first people to be in on this but now there almost seems like there's becoming a pathway for people if you wanted to become right, a MMA, strength and conditioning yeah, coach you sport. could yeah. actually probably kind of align yourself so maybe talk a little bit about the mission of that clinic you did but also maybe now what's that pathway look like for people what's sure. what's that you know coming to go might be interested? You talk about the clinic and yeah i mean the, the
2: the clinic um so you know the clinic was strategically aligned to our first anniversary um, you know, we, we're not bold enough to say, hey, we were going to open our doors on day one. I'm going to tell everyone how they should be doing it. You're all doing it wrong. That's, yeah. that's not what we're about, you know. We didn't have enough insight and information at that moment in time anyway. So, you know, for a year, 12 months, we kind of collected all of our insights, our information we were learning in the process. You know, we were speaking with different coaches, different strength coaches, different athletes, you know, just amalgamating our information and our insights. And um, yeah, on our, on our first anniversary, we wanted to um start sharing some of that insights and start to have the powerful conversations at a level that we think you know a professional level um should should where we should take the sport in terms of just nomenclature and terminology in the sport and the level of conversation that we're having you know um now to do that we could have held an athlete summit um, and invited all the athletes in here but at the end of the day the athlete is going to go back to their gym and work with their coach and it's their coach that's directing you know their, their practice and their, their different discipline training um, or they're going to go and do physical conditioning S&C work and it's going to be an S&C coach that's directing it so we kind of strategically thought the best thing to do initially and uh, to start the movement for you know evolution and, and development and change was to try and influence the influencers, the people that are directing the athletes' activities. So we wanted to engage with the MMA technical tactical coaches and we wanted to engage with the strength and conditioning or performance staff um, that were working with the athletes as well. So that was the kind of the mission, the ambition and that you know that was the first one we've held and we will hold more summits like that in the future moving forward as the community grows and people really want to embrace this, you know, what the, what the PI can support them um with so yeah it was it was it was certainly uh insightful for our staff um to be Stood in front of you know truly world class technical tactical MMA coaches that have been doing it long before we arrived, right. and will do it long after we've gone. Yeah. Um, you know, people were doing it okay. Yeah. Uh, what, yeah. we're, what we, what we, when new kids on the block, we, we've got to complement that. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So they've got the insights, and you know we wanted to share some of our findings and come together as a as a big community to try and help the whole system move forward. So. Yeah,
0: that's huge. It's good to see. You.
1: Yeah, I think along with that too. You mentioned us being the first, and there actually there's practitioners out there in different fields—PT, S&C, nutrition—that have been f- trying to figure these things out and diligently working at these things. But they're they're all in silo. They're in their silos. So there's not never been a platform where any information has really been shared, nor a lot of initiative to share it outside of, you know, the normal promotional things to to sell your business or attract people to your gym or or whatever, which people have to do to make a living, but from a purely educational standpoint to provide insights uh, around, uh, like Duncan was saying, pushing this evolution forward, um, those platforms just really hadn't existed, Um, except for, you know, on the very intimate level, two coaches that know each other, see each other in an event, now they're sharing topics, you know, on topics related to fighting. Um, so to be able to create that and kind of nudge some of, there are some very good practitioners involved in the sport, just nudge them a little bit to say, it's really okay to put this stuff out where yeah. people can see it. There's no secrets, but, um, you know, cause at the end of the day, it's still about performance who can yeah. line up and, and execute the best. Um, so really trying to promote that, just sharing and, and, and educational environment that that's a another big initiative of that summit and something that we'll try to continue to push forward. Um, just like the combat clinic here this week. So,
0: yeah. And that's another thing I was thinking of, you know, speaking of the clinic here, uh, that thing you guys did, I mean, you guys are kind of at the forefront of this educational stuff. I know Duncan has spoken about a bazillion times this year cause I've seen him <laughs> yeah. and I've seen you, your name yeah, everywhere right. too. But like, yeah, I mean, how do you, how else do you guys, you know, f- stay on top of your game, so to speak, with, like, continuing education, networking? What do you, What are you guys doing now at, you know, a director and vice president level uh, to keep, keep your knowledge where it needs to be and also keeping connection? I mean, I think it's easier when you're speaking all the time, in right. my experience, too, when you have to speak all the time, you're kind of doing that and you're seeing more people but I guess what else are like key things that you guys would say is you know the way that you stay ahead of the game or on top of the game with continuing education and changes in yeah. performance and science and
1: I, I'm all about efficiency so I you know for me I, I use my staff for some of that too I mean I we um, when I can get the chance you know I'm reading whatever I can read or listening to things when I'm driving around stuff like that but I've also got two young strength coaches on my staff, so I kind of put that and that uh, almost requirement in front of them. It's like, look, we need to be digging into this sport heavily, so anything that you can find on energy system development around MMA it needs to be brought up in our little staff meetings, and let's chat about it. And if there's something significant, we'll get into it. If nothing significant, on to the next article, you know. Um, and then on top of that, uh, that's where the personality piece really has to kick in to be able to have conversations and not afraid to reach out and chat with all the various personalities within the sport. Um, because some of them have their hands on some very talented athletes within our roster. So getting an understanding of how they've evolved what they're doing um, with some of those athletes, if you can if you can put your ego aside and have some of those conversations with some of these different groups, there's a lot of learning opportunities in that. So uh, being social, being interactive, and then, like I said, we try to use our personnel as much as possible. If Clint tells me, you know, at least once every month or so, he's like, oh, I read this thing on, it was an SNC article, but I saw this thing and bring it up to you. So we're constantly putting stuff in front of each other. And that, uh, that's, to me, that's a, it's a personality trait, just being willing and open to share and interact. Um, and then being willing to listen, like when someone's talking about something, I don't, if he brings up something, he's talking to someone else, I'm not shy to be like, hey, what was that? What'd you say? What was that thing you're talking about? I just butt right in because, you know, the information's all around you. You just got to kind of reach out and grab it. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I, I mean, I would say fixed mindset to growth mindset. That's that's the transition you've got to make, regardless of where you're at in your career. Yeah, um, whether you're just coming out fresh out of, of school or whether you've been doing this thing like you know, like I have, for, you know, 25 years now, it, it, you've constantly got to look for that innovation and learning, that lifelong learning yeah. concept. And um, as Bo says, you've got to proactively go and seek it. it we can get stuck in our box very easily. Um, and I think you've got to seek it in many different avenues. It can't just be um, down the same avenue. You got to look at cross pollination of ideas. You know, yeah. we we're in Vegas here. I talk a lot to the Cirque du Soleil guys. You know, right. I'm talking to you know different management. Um, you know, we're, to, we're talking to baseball. We're talking to NBA. We, you know, we're, we're trying to capture information that we can say, Hey, I've listened to you know, 100% of what you've got to say, but this 5% nugget is going to be gold to me because I can now take it and interpret it in my space and make yeah. it work in my space. And that that's what I think is, is, is you know, crucial for, for continuing to develop and grow and, and for being truly innovative. And... Um, but also, it it's about being humble, you know. If uh, as Bo says, if if my intern or our SNC intern turns up and, and, and says, "Hey, I've just seen this," and you know, I can't be bold enough to say, "Ah, oh, you know, it means nothing to me." Got yeah. good luck, go read that and, and right. learn it. You know, I, I think you know that's that growth mindset again. Everything, every piece of information is valuable, um, yeah. and then you just got to interpret it and figure out what best sits in our space, which can help us. Um, you know, we've got to take information that's going to influence day-to-day decisions in terms of sets, reps, exercise selection, frequency, duration. You know, the true training concepts, um, but they can come from many different places. And as you've already talked about, you know, some of those are the soft skills, and some of those are the hard technical skills. So, right, right. it's uh, it's it's that growth mindset which is huge for our guys.
1: You know, we've we've got two m- giant MMA teams. Within a mile in either direction of this building, as well, um, and we are not the first strength coaches that those guys have ever seen or been around. We are we are not the first people to interact. So, uh, getting over there and in those gyms and in front of those coaches and talking to the different staff members and different fighters from different eras. They got forty-five-year-old fighters that have been around the game for twenty years, and they've got the new kid, nineteen-year-old, you know, fresh out of out of high school wrestling or whatever that's coming up. So. Um, getting in there and, and hearing those conversations about what's worked well, what doesn't work so well, from a planning standpoint, from a recovery standpoint, um, from a quality control standpoint, getting quality practices out of them, um, that, those are very valuable instances. So that's that's another thing we try to, not just the S and C, everybody. Our VPs, our um, Forrest is constantly poking his head in those gyms. Um, our whole team, just to get in a, a better awareness around what they're dealing with and what they're going through.
0: Yeah, and that's interesting to me too. That like this comes up again because you you mentioned it, you alluded to it. We talked about it before, with like soft skills and like building this facility, and then not just telling everybody you're doing it wrong, but we're doing it. It's all about you. It's all about building relationships mm-hmm. and that's like what entirely this whole strength and conditioning thing comes back to yes we have to have technical tactical knowledge we have to know our science but at the end of the day it's the relationship building and like the you know getting all those people to be to whether to work together as a team and, and especially when you have boxing, jujitsu, wrestling, whatever different coaches and how you guys get those. And I know remember I had a podcast with Lauren Landau too. And you know, one of his things was getting that communication with those different sport coaches was kind of the key factor to some of the success that they had with their team that they were working with with elevation and whatnot so yeah i mean it's it's
2: so crucial at the end of the day it's we're not in a sports industry we're in a people industry yeah do you know what i mean yeah. you, you're trying to influence athletes to go to some dark places and and work out hard and and you know push themselves and and take themselves to you know not necessarily do things that they they got the desire to do at that moment in time that's the role of the coach how do i now connect with that athlete to take him to that dark place to convince him to trust me to say this is going to be positive and beneficial to the bigger the bigger mission you know what i mean and we, I think in the fight, you know, the fight, as, as fighters, when we're around fighters a lot, you see a lot of different backgrounds as well. Not only stylistic backgrounds, but, you know, socioeconomic backgrounds and, you know, um, different countries, different um, languages. Yeah. There's so many variables because everyone understands fighting. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. If you're working with American football players, you're probably in America doing that. Do you know right. what I mean? Right. Yeah. <laughs> there's not many people in yeah. Dagestan, Russia, <laughs> (laughs) playing American football right so but fighting is global it's truly global um so we got to connect with fighters that have got so many different types of backgrounds and that that's a huge skill um for the for the young up and coming strength coaches to develop is how do I connect with people how do I build that rapport you know what what's gonna make this athlete tick and how can I get and jump on that and make it
1: you know a really collaborative
2: um relationship between coach and athlete
1: I think one of the big challenges too for up-and-comers is um, experience tells you that almost all strategies at some point win. They all win, right? So we we have uh, 570 fighters on a roster. That means there's 570 fight teams, roughly. Um, even I've never even, I mean, we have guys that come from the same gym. They don't do their camp the exact same way. There's different flavors of their camp based on the style of fighter. So, um, to think that, when we open the doors, oh, I have the way. Now I'm going to show you the way, and that's it. Um, you know, there, there are ways that we think that oh, I don't necessarily agree with that. That's not how I would do it. But it wins. It, it produces every time. Uh, we have this, you know, this discussion happens in American football all the time with spread offense and wing T offense versus power I or whatever. At some point, they've all won. Right. And so when you can appreciate that, um, especially when we work with so many fight teams, I've got to be able to switch gears We're, I'm in this fight camp right now, working with this individual and their objectives. And 30 minutes later, when he's session, when his session's done, I'm going to go now and influence this other camp with this other fighter with different objectives, different ambitions, different level of his game. Um, You know, you're working with someone that's a top three in their weight class versus someone that's their first contract in the UFC. Their objectives are very different. You know, he's trying to keep his contract, he's trying to win a belt. So it's uh, it's interesting, but you've got to be able to appreciate that all those different styles win at some point, that they all have uh, a certain level of value. Um, And I'm selfish. I'm me when we're when we're going through it and we're trying to sort it out. I'm my ears are constantly open. What can I pick up on? That may not necessarily be applicable right now, but what can I pick up on and learn that I can use with the next guy yeah. who's gonna present something similar? So, if you have that kind of selfish mindset where uh, I wanna get information from everybody, you're, you're truly being open and uh, you're just gonna accumulate information so much faster. Because um, we're gonna, I mean, we, we were gonna run into new fight teams every week. At one point, we were averaging, I don't know, three or four new fighters a week. Um, so that, that, those are, that's three or four new opportunities every week, 52 yeah. weeks out of the year. That's, that's a lot of studying.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, um. but that makes uh, me think too, you know, like, and I don't know that I know the answer to it. Maybe that's why it's a good question. Like, We talk about like, well, how do you get built? I guess, how do you get better at building relationships? Is it just like experience over time? Like, I mean, I've always said, oh, I've just always really Mm -hmm. like, I like, I'm a people person and like, I want to help people. So that's kind of, I feel like it's a natural characteristic of mine that that relates to. I coached basketball actually before I got into strength conditioning for basically my whole life, right from when I got out of High school. I started coaching MJ, basketball. Oh, MJ man, yeah. come on. I'm, I'm old uh, and so like I, I don't know like I feel like just like coaching and You know mentoring and relationship building was kind of just ingrained in me from so long of a time But I don't know like the more I think about it. We don't talk about that enough. So like how do we develop that? side of things in people because we because i know all of us at one time have had interns or young coaches that we worked with that that did not have Mm -hmm. those characteristics or traits
1: i'm gonna soapbox a little bit and then you can you can jump on it so for one i it, it really i don't know i get irritated sometimes that we think we have to have a blueprint now on how to deal with these different personalities and archetypes. And here, here's a book that tells you how to do that and do this. At the end of the day, you need to be adaptive. You need to, like you said, you have to like people. You have to enjoy being around people, not just like-minded people. Those are the easy ones. Okay. That's easy. If you're yeah. truly going to influence something, you've got to be able to interact with the ones that you despise. You've yeah. <laughs> got to be able, we just talked about this at lunch. You've got to be able to interact with the ones that um, maybe 70% of what they do, you don't necessarily want to share or interact with that, but there's 30% that's gold in, mm-hmm. and, you need to be able to interact on that level. Um, and then there's, then there's gotta be an initiative and a drive relationships are just, just like being married, man. It takes effort. Like if you don't put <laughs> effort into it, no one wants to hang around with you. They don't want to talk to you. They damn sure don't want to share their training secrets with you. So, um, to say that you need to have a book to tell you how to do that. I just, no, you need to be a good person open-minded you want to interact with other human beings from all different walks of life and at the end of the day if you're truly a service provider trying to provide a service you'll do whatever it takes so that means if I need to have an uncomfortable 20-minute conversation with this person to be able to get to a point where I can influence them, then absolutely. Um, if you can't get to that point, then, you know, you're in it for the, your initiatives are wrong. You're in it for the wrong reason. You're either chasing a paycheck, you're chasing a label, a logo. Um, but that, that those, those things will come if you're good at influencing and interacting with people. So an influence goes both ways. You can be a positive influence or you can be a negative influence. Um, at the end of the day, someone's going to remember you for one or the other. So it, it's in, in my opinion, you know, throughout my career, my clock started the day I took the first job and it's like, all right, how many bridges are you going to build? Let's really try to keep the burning to a minimum. Um, and that's just comes from a, an affinity to want to be around people and want to interact with them and truly wanting to provide a service, not just take, 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 give me that logo, give me that paycheck. Um, so anyway, that's
0: my soapbox. That's pretty good. Love it. Yeah. No, I feel, you know, like working for a nonprofit and for like an big organization like the NSA, you know, being in a servant position, servant leadership, I now instead of really serving athletes, although I still get to coach athletes to some degree, am much more servant to our, the membership, you know, and that's a that's a that's a huge reminder of the you know one of the, it was one of the reasons I went to work there I was a state director and you know an opportunity arose but I felt I could make a bigger impact for for a bigger reason you know but I mean I'm I'm never going to get to win a coach of the year award or be you know the president of the board of directors you know as long as I do that um so it has to be much more about the either the mission or the end you know instead of me 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 so i think i think that's another thing servant leaders that like you kind of just alluded to they have um they're not worried about what they get out of it except you know inside how it makes you feel and Mm -hmm. that you're helping a an organization or a whole profession grow and get better yeah i mean
2: both said it eloquently. I don't, I don't need to say too much more. <laughs> I mean, it's it's. Where's the brand? Who's 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 the bigger brand? You know, the the NSA brand or the Scott for Caulfield brand? Right. We can have that conversation. But if you if you believe you're you're part of something bigger, um, and and you truly believe in the mission of what that that overarching um, thing is you know, then, then it makes it exciting and it's easy to come to work every day. You know what I mean? And listen, everyone's trying to get ahead in the world. I'm not knocking people that are self-employed or anything like that. That's not what I'm about, but I'm just saying, you've got to somehow believe in a bigger mission to commit your service, um, and, 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 and go out your way to solve those problems. Now, relationship building, you know, the, the, the science of, you know, um, there's science coaching science is not new it's it's you know it's been around a long time yeah. um and we you know we still try and bat this idea around what well, you know how do we connect with people etc etc well there's a science there's a hard science to <laughs> that but we don't necessarily need to get in the granular level of that and as Bo's as already talked about you know just be a good person be humble be hungry but if you are committed to a bigger mission it makes all that so much easier do you know what I mean because yeah. your heart and your emotion are in it now Totally.
1: All right, real simple example. That's something that gets abused all the time, right? Text message. Coach, I can't be there at that time. What do I do? You have immediately you have a decision, one or the other. All right, is my ultimate mission to provide a service? How are we gonna get this done? Is the ultimate objective performance? Or am I pissed off because this dude's ruining my schedule? And it goes back to my, keep using the word my, 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 uh-huh. my, my, my. So it, that's a real simple example, but it, just by a few times saying, whatever you need, when do we need to flex this? Yeah. Do we need to push this later, push it to another day? That starts to happen two or three times, they'll eat out of your hand. They'll, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. coach, what can I do for you? What can right. I do to, to make this a better, you know, an easier mix? What you know? So it really just takes effort. I mentioned effort before, but you know, yeah, we got to take text messages at two in the morning. We got to take, I take a FaceTime call from a fighter the other day at five in the morning feeding my 12 week old. It's just what yeah. you do because I don't want him to ever think that my attention is wavering from them. Yeah. I don't ever want them to think that I've now put them on the back burner and they're not a priority. We yeah. talked about providing, you know, service provisions being equal across the board. Um, it doesn't matter if it's Joe Schmo or someone in, in the top five. If, if they've got a request, then it's. It, it's our duty now, we've assumed this role as we're here, it's our duty to say, look, man, I'll do whatever it takes to get you that. Uh-huh. Um, and that, if you're talking about relationship building 101, man, that's, uh-huh. that, there's no way they could say no. How do you say no to that? Uh-huh. You know, this guy's just way too accommodating. <laughs> I'm gonna stay as far away from him as I can. Yeah. That doesn't that doesn't happen, especially in MMA.
0: No, and we've even, I've even talked to a few people about the, on the level of that with like athletes and exercise selection even, right? like. Getting them, giving them a little more uh, part of the process instead of just like, nope, it's Monday. We squat, (laughs) back squat, we heavy back squat on Monday. And that is what we do. Like, you know, giving them, well, hey, maybe you do this, this, this. And and maybe at some point down the road, then, you know, they're coming back to you and going, oh, what about that other squat you were talking about? You know, like, and then you get what you
2: want. Yeah, eventually. I mean, there's definitely some athletes that, need, that they want to be told what to do. Yeah. They don't even want to think, think have a thinking pro- <laughs> process, you know, to go through. They're, you know, they they're happy being told where to go, and you tell you tell me where I will go, coach, and yeah. I'll go in that direction. You know, those those people, and there's the other people that you say that need to the explanation of why we're doing it, or the choices and the selections of exercises or approach. But the key to it all is that the strength coach needs to understand that those two scenarios can happen. Yeah. And they've also got to identify when they need to choose A or B. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If, if we only ever go down route A, right. then we're only ever going to get one particular type of athlete and we're also going to potentially piss off 50% of the people that you're working with in that approach. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So... I mean, I'm simplifying it, but yeah, uh, and, I mean, we've been 100%. open
1: sixteen months, seventeen right. months, and uh I have fighters now that literally in the last two, three weeks, have flipped over and now are kind of like. Mm. Okay. tell You tell me, just tell yeah. me exactly what to do. And those were some in the first 10, 11, 12 months, That's just like, I was just accommodating them. I didn't yeah. agree with anything that they did, yeah. but I knew at some point there, something would come to fruition yeah. and they would want to vastly dive into everything that we have to offer at the PI. So in uh, and, and some of those cases, I was the only one that they were interacting with. I was their only voice to the PI. Okay. Now they're having multiple conversations with a variety of professionals. Yeah. So if you've got some foresight on what that could become, um, yeah, your your issues with not being able to connect with people, they go away immediately. I need them to be able to interact with him 10 months from now. So yeah. I'll, I'll, you know, savor this right now. All right, man, you don't want to lunge? We won't lunge. We'll right. play patty cake to yeah. the clock for a minute at a time. And then, but eventually they come around, you know, they start to realize everything that we have to offer, but it's a, it's a service driven thing. It's, oh, wow, this guy's really here for me. He's going to provide what what is best, in my best interest, might take them two days for that to click. Might take them ten months for that to click. But it's worth it, hundred percent.
0: I love it. I love it. It is worth it. It's all worth it. I appreciate you guys. Uh, I know we have got a little hard stop because we got a McGregor <laughs> uh, press conference to yes. get to. Uh But no, this this has been. Really, really good episode. I'm actually super excited about the topics that we got into. Thanks for the opportunity. Super appreciate your time. Uh, If people are interested in reaching out to you guys, you got social media that you uh, are on or, you know, we'll put some emails in the uh, show notes, but anything quick hitter that you guys want to mention for people to reach out? I
2: mean, we're on pretty much all the main social media. Duncan French on Twitter. I don't know. Dr. Duncan French on Instagram, you know hit me up no problem happy to talk and excited to talk what you know what i would say is that you know I'm, I'm keen to talk to people i don't want to be seen as uh, you know i don't want the pi to be seen as the ivory tower that people yeah. can't reach out to obviously we've got our day-to-day um that th- we're all busy people obviously but um the more minds and conversations that we can get going around combat sport and the sport of mma for us in particular um is is advantageous so um you yeah, know i'm, I'm very much amenable and approachable. Um, please reach out.
0: Awesome.
1: Yep, I'm uh, Oli Strength uh, for, on Twitter, and then Bo Dot Sandoval on uh, Instagram. And yeah, likewise, we we try to put the welcome mat out as much as possible. So. um you know, we are a we are a professional institution and we're all about learning. So if you're looking to just come hang out and fan out, that's probably not going to be <laughs> the visit we're looking for. But if you want to come and talk some shop and, and, um, and uh, not only see what we've got going on in our pursuit of high performance, but to share as well. Yeah, we, we welcome it every day of the week.
0: Great. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for being on.
2: Thanks, man. Good Thanks, look. Scott.
0: You often hear these podcasts recorded at NSCA conferences and events. Why not join us at the next one? You can get all the details on upcoming events at nsca.com events. And a big thanks to our sponsor, Soren X Exercise Equipment. We appreciate their support. And to all of you listening, we appreciate your support. Uh, again, if you like the podcast, make sure that you subscribe wherever you download your podcast from. Write us a review and keep listening in. Look forward to talking with you all soon. Thanks.